I was in my garage shooting one day, and when I let the arrow go, I heard this like explosion oh, yeah. happen in front of my face, kind of thing. And I was like, "Whoa, what the hell was that?" That's why I was so like, "Oh my god, what just happened?" Like uh, I had a shell <laughs> shock moment of like, "Yeah, I'm like, uh, am I dead?" Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Open Action with John McLean. My guest today uh, is a little different than what you're probably expecting from the podcast, meaning that uh, I'm obviously a firearms guy. I'm a competition guy, and um, this guy is not necessarily a competition guy in the firearms world, but I've seen him perform with a bow and... It's quite impressive, and uh, I'm sure he will understate how good he is, but I can tell you that when you, when you get into that top elite kind of portion of, of where some of these players are, yeah, it's okay to be a little humble. So uh, my guest for today is Paul Penrod with Team PSE Archery. Paul, how you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good, John. Good talk to you it, again. Yeah, it's good to see. I, it's it's probably been about a year since I was able to go shoot an indoor match, but I mean, things have just been so yeah. crazy and... And all that stuff, but uh, so yeah, I, I met I met you at uh, Creed Archery Supply down there in Macon, um, yep. doing the the indoor Vegas style shoots. Mm -hmm. Now, um, just so let, let's go ahead and start with this, Paul. Why don't you go ahead and explain to everyone a little bit about who you are and why you're a big deal? <laughs> all right. well, my name's Paul Penrod. Um, shoot for PSE Archery. Um, I travel all the country for uh, doing competition archery, a uh, little bit of everything, indoor, uh, field, uh, 3D archery. Uh, so it's pretty busy year round with it. And, and what are some of the, uh, the bigger matches that you are, are proud of? Like you, if you were, if you were, if I were to tell you like, Hey, send me a resume of your competition career. Yeah, um, what are some of the matches you're most proud of? Uh, the, the biggest two, I'd say, would be uh, Vegas in 2017, uh, winning that my first first ever shoot as a senior pro, um, which is, it's if you don't know anything about competition archery, it, it's probably the biggest shoot in the world. Um, besides that, uh, one Redding uh, trail shoot, Redding, California, back-to-back -back years, well, 2019, 2021, because 20, they didn't do it because of COVID. Um, Last year, I fell one point, sh one point short. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, that's probably the, the biggest matches I've been in. I've done well in some ASAs. I did pretty good in Foley here uh, a few weeks ago, Alabama, at an ASA shoot. Uh, ended up third there. But the uh, biggest thing has been outdoor, probably for me. Okay, okay. And so um... – Obviously, you know, there's going to be people that probably watch and, and know a little bit about archery. And the majority of them are probably going to not know. Because, like, a lot of people don't realize that, like, USPSA is a real thing. Three Gun is a real thing until I yeah. show them videos. And even then, like, when you're – it's funny how when you're involved with something and it becomes your world, yeah. like, it's the most important thing ever to you, right? Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. And then when you enter a different portion, like, like, for me, competition shooting was the world. So I had these guys, like – Jerry Mitchell, like Rob Latham, Eric Raffel, yeah. you know, all these big names that uh, I knew. And like, I was like, oh my gosh, these are some of the best shooters in the world. Yeah. And then the first time I went to SHOT Show and I had an experience with people where I would say like, yeah, I just got to see Rob Latham. And they're like, who's that? 
Who's that? Yeah. Are are you nuts? Like, you don't know, you know, and, um, and so it's, you know, Archer's kind of the same way. Uh, I, I assume, uh, in the fact that like some people, some people just shoot bows for fun. They've only ever shot bows for fun. Some people yeah. shoot it strictly for hunting and then other people shoot it for competition and stuff like that. Right. So, um, yeah. I'm sure there'll be a lot to kind of explain and unfold here. But, uh, so as I said before, we, we met each other shooting like the Vegas style. So yeah. for, for those that don't fully understand, if you were going to give like a quick review to the absolute beginner of what a Vegas style shoot is, how would you describe that? It's, it's a 300 match where you're shooting 30 arrows. Um, the, it's a, it's the three spot target. You'll have, uh, a tin ring and inside of that tin ring is a, is a X, which is a, probably the size of a dime or a nickel, I'd say somewhere in that area. Um, and then it goes, score ring goes up in there, nine, eight, seven. And, uh, you, uh, I'll explain this, but, uh, you shoot. Say three arrows at each end, and you, there's there's uh, ten ends, so it ends up being a three hundred match because there's three hundred points possible, and then you count your X's. Uh, in Vegas, they're not as a point, and some some shoots the X is actually not a point also, so um, uh, X's can be very important at times, but sometimes it's not. It's just good keep it in the tin ring. Uh, it's a very to me, I cannot see the X. All I see is the yellow in the center. So it's just kind of like just concentrating on the middle of the target and, and shooting. Some guys can better eyes than me can can actually see the X they're actually shooting at. But uh, I don't know. It, it, it in Vegas, it's a very high stress, hard to control your motions while you're shooting that target. Uh, it's unlike unlike you know, pistol shooting was more reactionary. You know, archery is more controlling uh, and slow, methodical. You know, that, that's that's the biggest difference I see in that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, and um, yeah, and and because I I noticed there's there's a lot of parallels with it, and then there's very much perpendiculars. Where oh yeah, um, yeah. When I shoot, like I don't I don't necessarily think about my trigger pull. I just yeah. do it if i yeah. if i see something i don't like then i send another one and i do another trigger pull and all kind of stuff versus uh with archery yeah like there, there's like it's almost like uh in, in shooting you don't want to be inside your head talking and communicating with yourself yeah but in archery you almost kind of do not in the and you still want to again with we talk about parallels we don't want to do that reactive shooting where it's like now do it now yeah. pull the trigger now yeah. you know but there is this difference of like shooting. I'm not sitting there going like pull, 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 just and just focus. On. Whereas it's archery, I am going pull, 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 and just kind of trying to let yep. everything settle and do what I need to do. Yep. Um, yep. And and then same thing too with with the sight picture. So that that's an interesting uh, point that you bring up there. You say you can't say the you can't see the X versus other mm-hmm. guys with better sights, and maybe uh, even in bows they do have lenses with magnifiers and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Do you feel from like if you were going to instruct someone do you necessarily feel like the ability to see like an actual actual pinpoint point on the target is a benefit or would you rather someone to say look let that sight just drift anywhere in that yellow and you'll be fine like you know you don't have to see the x as long as you're in the yellow you're okay which 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 uh where do you fall on that kind of uh sight picture it can go both ways um 
like on the fly spot with the X, you can actually see. Um, sometimes it's beneficial. It gives you a little more focus point. Uh, but I don't think it really matters too much. I think I think if 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 you just with your eyes visually burn a hole in the center of that target, and no matter what that pin is doing, moving around, if you just stare at the center and and execute a good shot, most of the time it goes right in the middle. You know, it, it's it's kind of odd. It's hard to explain that to people that they see the pin jumping around everywhere and they can't focus. They look at the pin. If you look at the pin, arrows can go over the pin that. You focus in the middle, it tends to go in the middle. You know, so it's just your body reacts, you know, differently, I guess. It, it, it just it knows where it wants to be, so your body will make it go there. I don't know how that happens, but it, 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 it works. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's funny when I explain shooting uh, the sight picture for people with with shooting. Uh, one of the things I'll tell them is like, look, bring bring your gun up now, bury your front sight so you can't see it. Do you want to yeah. pull the trigger? I'm like, well, no. I'm like, exactly. Your brain is telling you this is so wrong. Don't do it. It's only when this happens that your brain is like, okay, now I'm comfortable pulling the trigger. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, the the sights, you know, they're gonna move and all kind of stuff, and you, but your brain wants to do what's right. Um, oh, yeah. you know, like it's, it's funny, the, the concept of like uh, control, right. But like yeah. this, this world is built around chaos. That's all it is. Oh, it's yeah. all chaos. Yeah. And we're, and yeah. us as humans keep trying to make, you know, that's why, that's why, you know, I used to live in Vegas. It's comical when you walk around these tables and you see, you know, the roulette table that shows like, Oh, hot numbers, 27, 18, 16. It was hit this minute. And you're like, you do realize it's literally a one in 38 chance every time they roll the ball, right? Like, yeah, exactly. You don't get to say that. Like, oh, well, yeah. it's, it's got to hit 36 soon. Cause it hasn't hit it in a while. It's like, no, it doesn't have to. Right. But exactly. us as humans, we want, we want so badly to make sense out of chaos. Uh, yeah. and, and that's kind of the same thing with, with shooting and archery and all that kind yeah, of stuff. You want that yeah. control. You want that, you know, your mind wants control of a situation and, and, Sometimes it's hard, you know, it, it, and sometimes you got to let go of some of that, you know, because when you're in that moment, it happened to me this last weekend. I was in Kansas City for NBH state championship and I shot a perfect game on Saturday, which is a five spot, 360X. And then uh, yesterday, it was a Vegas face and I, I was clean going into the last end. I had, hadn't dropped an X. So, the very last arrow, the nerves got so bad, I, I, I missed the X by a quarter of an inch. You know, it's just controlling that emotion and that, that I don't know, that, that fear of missing or that, you know, controlling that, keeping all of that under control is it, it, tough whenever you're trying to do everything just so smooth and so fluid. You know, it, it'd be nice to be able to react, you know, but you can't. I, I can't do it. If I, if I react, I start getting um flinchy i start jumping and, and my body don't react correctly you know so it 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 it's hard to control all that you know it 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 can it can consume you if you're not careful and and the funniest thing is that it's all self-inflicted oh exactly there there is no one standing over your shoulder like pushing you going come on come on man you can't miss. like everyone it could be dead silent and all of it is just in your head just like ah 
<laughs> like, like a little oh. devil sitting on your shoulder, you know, you know, it's yeah. what it, and the angel what, never shows up. It's, it's I, literally just this conversation with the devil and you got to convince yeah. yourself that you're the angel. It's, it's yeah. absolutely crazy. Now got to go now. Got to go now. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and it's funny too, how confidence can play such a big part. Cause like you said, like when, when you've done it enough and you've built up those rep- repetitions and you have your, your whole method and your, your cycle that you go through, like, okay, I'm going to, take a breath, bring the bow up, pull back and all that kind of stuff. Like that becomes your cycle. And that's you, you build your confidence through your process. Exactly. And it's funny how if one thing just gets a little out of whack or feels a little weird, how that can just oh. bam, shake get you your, up. Get in your head yeah. quick. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and now do you feel like, cause like I know there's, there's been times or even like, like periods, for example, where like I haven't shot for a while. And so the first couple matches that I'll go out to, like, I just tear it up. It's insane. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I should not practice more often because this is awesome. Right. And you're just loosey goosey. And then as you progress, like you start to get worse, like all the bad habits start creeping in because you're starting to perfect things and stuff. Right. Yeah. So, uh, do you feel like for, for archery as well and in your career, um, do you feel like you have those moments where you like peak and then all of a sudden it just drops out like oh, yeah. the floor falls out and you're like, what the hell happened? Yeah, exactly. You, you just hope to peak at the right moment. You know, when you're going into the tournament, you know, they, that help you hope to be, that's the time whenever you actually peak. When I won Vegas going into it, um, the tournament before I, I, I tanked, I was terrible. Um, and I, and I worked out some different bow issues and then I picked up another bow and all of a sudden it just like, switch went off and it just flowed you know it just you never know when it's going to be up or when it's going to be down you know it, it kind of comes and goes and it kind of depends at my age it kind of starts depending on your body you know i can't practice as much as i used to because it, it hurts too much you know you start shooting that much and then pretty soon your shoulders are hurting and your neck's hurting and and so you got to kind of back off a little bit and just try to do quality more than quantity i guess hmm. uh but it, it definitely gets more difficult as you get older, you know, because your eyesight starts changing and your body starts changing and you get weaker. And, and so it, it's it's hard to, to put everything together at one time. You know, it, it, it's hard to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you went into Vegas, um, what was your mindset? Were, did you walk into Vegas going like, I'm going to win this thing? Or was it more of the mindset of like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do what I can and just kind of let, let things fall. Cause like me personally, I find that when I, when I put the kind of, not, not to say that confidence isn't good to have, mm-hmm. but sometimes, uh, when I've, when I've shown up at matches being like, all right, I, I placed top five last year. So top five should be within my grasp this year. I end up tanking that match yeah. because yeah. like the moment I have a, a stage where it drops me out of that potential running, Oh my gosh! Like I've I've got to do better. I've got to do better, and I put more yeah. pressure on me and stuff like that. So yeah. when you when you won Vegas, did you go there being like, "Shit, no one can touch me here," or was it just kind of like, you know, I'm I'm gonna do what I can and like, you know, where where was your confidence level at, or confidence versus cocky? Yeah, it's kind of kind of a little bit of both. It's kind of weird. Um, I didn't have too many expectations because it was my first tournament as a as a senior pro. Um, so I wasn't. I knew people wasn't thinking about me winning. I mean, you know, who's this guy? But uh, I did had pretty much had confidence in myself because when I when I 
at Vegas, when I, when I checked in, I actually bought my pro card. I actually had to pay for my pro card there. And the reason why I wanted to do that was to part of the purse of the prize money was if you was a pro, you got more money, $2,500 more money. And I, and I, when I, when I bought my pro card, I, I told them that when I win, I want that extra $2,500. That's why I was buying it, you know? So I had the confidence, but I didn't have the, the expectations behind it. It seems like I mean, it just, it's, it hasn't been the same since then, as far as that goes. Outdoors is different. Outdoors is more, I feel more relaxed in, in it and I expect to do well. You know, I, I really expect to do well at those. Don't always happen, but uh, I do think you get too high expectations of yourself for or attaining a certain score or anything like that. It just puts added pressure on yourself and, and it, and it kind of goes south from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my best tournaments is I just go in, no one I can shoot well, but whatever happens, happens. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny how much the mental, like, I know that they always talk about, you know, the, um, every, every game is like 80% mental and the other 20% is physical or, you know, however they want to yeah. break those that, but either way they break it down, it's always that mental is more important than the physical act. And yet yeah. still to, even in the firearms world, you know, uh, I'll talk with people all the time about their training regimen and they're like, Oh, you know, I shoot, I shoot 500 rounds a week. And I'm like, cool what what exactly are you shooting like yeah because if if you're if you're just sending rounds into the berm well anyone can do that but each each shot has to have a reason behind you pulling the trigger so you know if you're not building confidence if you're not building the ability to to be able to like you know when when i was younger and getting ready for my first world shoot in france um I knew there were going to be difficult targets out there that as soon as I saw them the first time on the stage, I, I would be terrified of because, you know, they'll have like no shoot penalty targets on top of a a target that you are supposed to hit. And if you hit this target, that's 10 points down. Well, the, the Brown targets only worth 10 points if you hit the center twice. So you hit the white guy, that target, even if you hit two A is, is, you know, null and void. Uh, and, and so I literally spent, I think it was probably close to like 4,000 rounds of ammunition where, I set up that specific target and I actually set it up harder than what they were legally able to do. Um, But basically I did it over and over until I had the confidence at seven yards, 10 yards, 12 yards, 15 yards. And I went all the way back up to like, I think 35 or 40 yards making the shot happen. Because then when I, when I showed up, it was like, every time I saw that target, I didn't go, Oh my God, that's it was more like, okay, the site picture needs to look like this trigger pull needs to feel like this. Here's, you know, the cadence I need, I should probably shoot at in order to ensure I get my hits and stuff. But yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's funny how many times, even with archery, like, you know, I'll find myself, you know, I just go and shoot in my garage. I've got a bag set up and it's nothing super far. We're talking like, you know, 10 yards or eight yards or whatever, but just to keep in with the feel of uh, what the release feels like and hitting the anchor point and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's, I'll find myself almost just doing the physical side and not focusing on the mental side. So yeah. eventually that's where I'm like, okay, uh, apparently I'm, I've checked out cause I've, I've stopped focusing yeah. on what I'm trying to accomplish here. And I'm just going through the motions of shooting my bow, you know? Yeah. Um, now, uh, one interesting fact about when I got into shooting bows was the fact that like I showed up and you know, I showed up with like four arrows, but we only shot three cause it was a Vegas style yeah. shoot. And, and then I left with four arrows 
I didn't have ringing in my ears. I didn't have to put in eye protection, yeah. ear protection, stuff like that. Um, and that was a very interesting thing for me to have to experience after being like, you know, sometimes I, I'll go to the range with a thousand rounds of ammunition and I yeah. don't want to carry my backpack. And then when I'm done with the session, I, don't, I got no problem throwing my backpack around because it's yeah. empty. Um, yeah. But, you know, we'll, we'll bird through like it, it's very normal sometimes when I'm when I'm in a serious mode of training and competition and stuff, you know, 40, 50,000 rounds is not impossible for me to hit and if i'm really training hard for like a world shoot or something like that like i was before like i i would sometimes hit 70 80 thousand rounds um how many times or how many arrows would you say on average like it it doesn't have to be on on par but uh would you say that maybe in a year you would shoot oh boy uh i don't know (laughs) that's hard to that's hard to say because when i'm shooting when i shoot i usually shoot probably 60 to 100 arrows a day when I'm shooting. Um, so, uh, like, practice-wise. And then go to tournament, you may you may shoot, you know, 60 to 100 arrows at a tournament. And then, uh, well, that'd be hard to, it'd be hard to say. I, I'm, so, so I'm, sure I mean, in, I'm sure it's probably in, in the 50 to 100,000 shots a year, I'd say. <laughs> I, maybe more. I don't know. I've never thought about it that way. Well, and, and that's why I want to bring it up because it's funny. Like if I shoot 50,000 rounds of ammunition, I'm looking at a, uh, you know, a, a bill of oh, a couple exactly. thousand dollars. Yeah. You shoot 50,000 arrows and Go it costs you. Back. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It costs you maybe a couple hundred dollars because, okay, this arrow's the fletching starting to come off or I bent it yeah. or, you know, I fucked up and it went into the wall and now I got to buy a new arrow, which, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that some of those arrows are not super cheap like one yeah. arrow can be the same price as a box of ammunition sometimes oh, exactly, but yes. but in the long run i've always found it's like wow i i showed up with four arrows i'm leaving with four arrows it was a good day like <laughs> it, it didn't cost so much yeah exactly yeah exactly right so um now let, let's let's talk about so we talked about 3d uh or we talked about vegas indoor style mm-hmm. shooting and that's and that's where i think a lot of beginners could probably find the the intro to, to the bow world, the bow competition yeah. world, right? Because, like, it's pretty easy. Stand at uh, 20 yards, right? 20 yards, yeah. 20 yards, yeah. So around the 20-yard line, you've got a target. It's got three faces on it. Hit the middle of it. Three arrows, 10 times. And then, you know, your score is whatever it is. So I think that's a great way for beginners to get involved. Now, um, I've only shot one of these. But when I did, it was fun as hell. And that was a, an outdoor 3D event. Now, yeah. that's something that you do. And you say yeah. you you actually find yourself uh, expecting more from yourself when you go to those kind of matches, yes? Yeah, I, I really enjoy 3D. Uh, it's it's a one arrow at a, per target, you know, so it's it's pretty laid back. Um, you know, you depending on which style you shoot. If you shoot like an IBO or a, lo- a local around here, they shoot a center twelve. You know, where your ten ring is is a normal size ten ring, and you have a small spot right in the center as your as your bullseye. Where you go to ASAs, they have a in the lower corner or the upper corner of that ten ring is your twelve, and you have to call which one you're going to shoot. Uh, so that gets a little more uh, mentally; it's hard to focus because you know you can't be below it or above it. You, you know, you, and it's hard to shoot that low in a ten ring when you know you can miss and shoot an eight. Um, but they are they are very fun to me. That it is one of the more enjoyable shoots. It's more relaxed shoot, I guess. 
um, the uh, it, like like a Redding style 3D, which is it's a trail shoot, which you're shooting a 3D target, but it's got an orange dot on it. Now it's more of a center, you know, you got the center dot, and then you got a tin ring or whatever. And but then you shoot actually two arrows. You shoot, and they're each arrow is eleven, so you can be twenty-two per target. So that is is also fun because you get a lot more arrows in, you know, in a day. Uh, you get more shooting in, and and the targets are usually more challenging. You know, they're they're out. You know, like ASAs, you're out to fifty yard max. You know, you're not going to shoot over fifty yard. Reading style or ASA or uh, 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 can't think of the name of all of a sudden the uh, trail shoots they have uh, they're out to hundred yards they can be from three yards to a hundred yards so a lot more variables there and it and it's you you better have your equipment more right there I mean you better have it right anywhere you go if you want to score well but uh, if you go there, you better have your sight better be, you know, leveled. You better have the third axis right. You start shooting uphill and downhill. It starts changing things. The impact point of impact goes left to right, you know. So it, it's you better have your thing ready when you're there. Um, but as far as, I don't know, I enjoy both of them probably equally. The the the, the reading style shoot or like an ASA shoot, I enjoy, I enjoy both of them probably equally. I had more success in reading. Uh, just because that's kind of more of my game as far as what I've started out as shooting field and indoor and stuff. Uh, it's more of a spot shooter, I guess, where like an ASA, you can't see. You just got to, okay, there's, it should be right in this area and, and you aim at this spot, you know, you think is there. Mm-hmm. But, it's you know, sometimes you'll have a some definition in target where you'll have a light spot or a muscle fold in the target. You can actually see, okay, it's right beside that. So that that helps as a reference point sometimes, but um, it's it's it, it they're all it's, it's a huge gamut of different types of formats that you can go through that that uh, it, it it's it's hard to stay on top of all of them, you know. I mean, because it's, it's it's there's so many different styles out there to to shoot, but if if you enjoy one, most people will enjoy most of them, you know. If you enjoy shooting your bow, it, it just and some guys don't like the the ASA style because they don't get as many arrows in. Depends on what you like. I mean, it's it's like it's almost like going catfishing versus bass fishing. You know, you, you're bass fishing, you're you're casting all the time, moving around. Catfishing, you're just sitting around talking to your buddies and and you know and, and you're you're catching fish every so often. You know, it's ASA is kind of that way. You know, so it, it's more relaxed style shooting to me. I I enjoy all of them, but that that's fun. Yeah, I felt like when I went to my outdoor uh, 3D event, like it was, um, uh, how, how can I, it felt more like a round of golf with my buddies. Yeah, exactly. Versus, you know, something that was like super serious. Uh, I feel like the indoor events can can be a little bit more serious. Oh, um, definitely. You know, even at the local level, like a Creed, you know, we're we're playing for like what? I don't even remember what the prize money would be for like first place. It was like hundred hundred bucks or whatever after yeah. you know forty people signed up or whatever. But um, yeah, it was it was uh, the the 3D archery one was a lot of fun. And, and I think I I think I also liked the aspect of it being an outdoor event. So like I'm out in the sun, I'm actually getting some fresh air. Like and then right. the 
uh, Carrollton is where I, I shot mine at. And, mm. you know, you're walking through this basic right. little trail system that they have. So it's almost like you're on this little mini hike. And occasionally you're like, oh, there's the target. There's the stake. OK, cool. Let me shoot my bow real quick. OK, now I'm just going to continue on this nature walk kind of thing. Yeah, it was exactly. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, yeah, it was, it was a very laid back, relaxed shoot. No super high pressure stress. Like, I mean, even when I was up shooting, it was kind of more like... Um, I'm, I'm going to try to not give these guys anything to laugh about feel versus, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. didn't want to like oh, send yeah. one over the back and be like, well, that arrow's gone. Cause yeah, that's a whole it. bunch of junk back there. I ain't going to dig in, you know, you know, your buddy won't cut you no slack. That's for sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Um, let's talk since, since we've, we've obviously been talking about bows quite a bit. Um, do you shoot firearms at all? I, I do own a few pistols and I, and I shoot, I have several rifles and shotguns. I used to shoot trap. Um, I enjoyed, I really enjoyed that. It just got so expensive, you know, I mean, reloading and, and, uh, Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, it, it just gets <laughs> a little expensive, but, uh, I enjoyed that and sporting clays. I really enjoyed those. I never did any competition, uh, pistols or anything like that. Um, uh, hunted, you know, with rifles all my life since I was a little kid, but uh, that, that's as far as firearms, that, that's pretty much my extent, you know, See, so maybe that's something we need to set up. Is that I, I've came, I've come and play your game. Yeah. Maybe I ought to, I ought to come drag your ass to, to one of my games, and yeah. <laughs> I'll, I, I'll bring. I'll tell you what. I'll, if if we want to set that up, I will bring you ammo. I'll bring you a gun. I'll bring you. A, I mean, I will get you set up. The only thing you have to do is pay for the gas to get there and get home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we might, we might have fun. to set that up. I think That'd that could be, be very, very interesting. Um, yeah, I think I think you get a lot out because I, I got a lot out of. Uh, getting to shoot with you grant like uh before i met you there was another guy that that worked at creed uh named mead fry um yeah. that that kind of was my contact initially like he was the first guy i think i had an interaction mm-hmm. with at that shop when i was brand new to the area mm-hmm. um so and, and he worked with me a little bit about how to shoot the bow but at the same time like i i never really asked for advice and, and the fact that like i'm like you're obviously busy enough like last thing you need is me over your shoulder being like hey hey hey, what am i doing wrong can you watch me yeah, shoot? can yeah. you tell me you know it's like and and even with you and when, when i started shooting with you uh those few times was kind of uh i not that i wasn't you know against it but like i, I appreciated the fact that every now and then you'd be like hey man I, I noticed you doing this why don't you try this and i think one thing yeah. you brought up um that i hadn't realized before was um how my, my front hand was, was wrapped around the grip or the mm-hmm. way I was holding it was actually causing yeah. some torque on the bow. Yeah. And that's why I was potentially shooting the way I was. So, you know, you helped me correct that. Um, and, and, you know, it was, it was just a really cool experience. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we ought to swap it around and I'll be like, all right, let's, let's go out to the gun range and I'll give you a few pointers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that could be fun for sure. That would be now, fun. For, for someone, um, that doesn't shoot very often. It sounds like you've got a fairly limited collection of guns and stuff. What has been the funnest gun that you've ever shot? Actually, I enjoy the most. I have a little 17 HMR rifle that is very accurate. And, and I love shooting that gun. I mean, cause it, it's not, it, there's no recoil or it, you know, it's loud, but I mean, it, it, there's, it, it just hits where you aim. I mean, it, it's, it's a very fun. I use it for everything. I mean, I, you know, uh, predator control, whatever, whatever it is, that's what I use. And, and uh, got rid of some muskrats in my lake, that kind of thing. Um, fairly cheap to shoot, you know, the ammo's not real expensive. Uh, that's, that's probably the funnest gun I have to shoot. 
Mm-hmm. Have you ever shot anything like any of those ridiculous guns, like a fifty caliber Desert Eagle or a, a saw no. machine gun or something like that? No, no. I had a buddy of mine that that I actually stayed with in Kansas City, Brian Jackson. He uh, he kind of into the the long range gun stuff, and so he's got some pretty nice rifles. He's he's got more in his, in his scope or his optics on his gun than than I got in probably a whole collection, you know. So he uh, kind of interesting. He got into that. Uh, uh, competition style pellet rifle stuff you know you ever seen any of those oh yeah 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 those things are crazy you know and, and we're sh- we're shooting 20 meters and, and just shooting inside the same hole you know it's 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 insane you know what these what these guns can do you know with some it kind of boggles my mind I, and I guess my problem is I'm always cheap you know I <laughs> I won't spend the money to, to 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 buy the best equipment out there now archery stuff I do I, I don't know why but it, it, it's the way it goes uh I guess maybe it means more to me. Maybe that's why. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, it, it just just the cost probably deterred me more than anything. I'd say. Well, you know, I I think that because uh, what what I learned about the firearms world was this idea that like you know pe- people will will gasp at the price tag of a custom built pistol being four or five, six thousand dollars, right? They're like, oh yeah. you're gonna pay six thousand dollars for a pistol? Yeah. And and when you look at them and you go like, well what what would you pay? Like, oh, I'm just gonna like start with the Glock. I'm like, great, that's awesome. That, that's a good platform to start with. It's it's cost effective, yeah. it's you know reliable, it's got a lot of aftermarket yeah. parts, tons of accessories and all kind of stuff. But then you kind of go in like now if you and I shoot the same number of matches and we practice with the same number of rounds, how much do you think you're going to spend on ammunition that you're going to put through that $500 gun? (laughs) And then it's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to put 6,000 rounds of ammunition through it. And you don't get to keep that ammunition. Once you shoot it, it's gone. That's right. You get a $6,000 gun. It's, it's still your gun and it still works. And you know, it's like, so 10 years down the road, 15, 20 years, however long you decide to keep that gun. You're not. You're paying six thousand now for a ten-year investment of a of a platform that's going to run really well for you know yeah. that time frame. So, and when you take when you look into that kind of you know situation, it's like okay, six thousand doesn't actually seem that bad over ten years. But everyone's so focused on the now. I mean, it's a big chunk of change for sure. Yeah, the uh, difference difference with the uh, firearm versus like archery. If you notice, the firearms hold their value better. You know, so if you have an investment like that it's going to be worth more down the road than say like, I love shooting bows, but it's, it's kind of concerning when you spend $1,600 or $2,000 on a bow. And then a year from now, it's worth half that, you know? Yes. It's, it's, it's crazy, you know, that to think of that way, but uh, luckily, I mean, I, I'm sponsored. So, I mean, I get a lot of the stuff for free, but I mean, it, and that's a whole reason why you, you get sponsors, you know, you, you find people you trust and equipment you like and, and you shoot them and, and, and you build a relationship with, with the manufacturers and, and they, they give you equipment to use, you know, to represent them. So, I mean, that helps. That's, that's the whole reason why I'm behind, you know, the, the sponsorship, you know, but, and I'm, I'm sure it's the same way in your situation, you know, you get people that are sponsored and they, they get their guns for free or whatever, and it makes a big difference. Um, that's the whole, that's really the whole reason I kind of went after sponsorship is just to help pay for what I want, what I love doing, you know, and it, 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 it's crazy to think that what some people actually pay for, you know, the stuff. I mean, 
you know, I'm not a rich guy. I've never, I've never been, had a lot of money. I mean, I've worked hard on my life and, and I'm doing pretty well now, but, uh, just, just what the cost of things have went up so much in the last 10 years. It, it, it's unreal. You know what people are paying for stuff now. Yeah. And, and I, I like to preface this. So, cause I'm, you're sponsored by PSC. I'm sponsored by arm score rock, you know, a bunch of other companies, vortex optics and, and, and whatnot, which has actually been pretty cool that I've been able to use like some of my sponsors in both worlds. Like, yeah. I, I hunt with a bow, but like, I, obviously I need binoculars when I'm out hunting. So like, it's awesome that I, I've got these awesome optics on my rifles and pistols and stuff, but mm-hmm. I can also cross reference them over to the hunting world. And now I've got great glass for hunting and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I want to make sure people understand the the difference in what it means to be a sponsored individual, because a lot of people like I've always had the conversation with people like, hey, man, can you can you give me like, you know, four, 400 rounds of ammo? It's like, well, no, not particularly. Like, yeah. come on, you get it. You get it for free anyway. It's like, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. What you see is I get it for free now. What you don't see was the 10 years of work that I put in prior exactly. to that, buying every single round of ammunition, buying every firearm, buying every spring yeah. and being the first one on the range and the last one to leave. Yeah. That's what you don't see. So exactly. if you, if you want to get sponsored like me, great i'll show you how to do it yeah but it's going to be up to you to actually keep up with me you know kind of yeah. thing exactly um, so i always try to preface like well you, you think i get stuff for free the fact of the matter is i worked my butt off and now even though i might get it for free uh and, and some of my relationships with these companies have been really kind of on a personal level so it's like exactly. <clears throat> they know me they like me we have a good relationship so they they support me and they like, but for me i don't I don't feel like um, if I get something from a company, I'm not just like, okay, cool. And then I just go like, I want to do something for them. I want to give them content. I want to go out and and promote them. I want to perform well when I'm at a match. I want to represent them well. So there's still a lot of work that I put, I personally feel I need to put in uh, to make sure that these companies understand how much I appreciate them and how much I do in fact, love their product. Um, that was something I learned early on was the fact that like, look, you can, you can have all the logos in the world on your shirt, but if you're not actually representing those companies, you just want a logo on your shirt, then that's the wrong reason to have it on your shirt. Like it, it needs to be a brand that if they couldn't afford to keep you on board tomorrow, you would still go out and buy that product because, it's it's something that you actually love and believe exactly. in. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I, I like yeah. to preface that people. A lot of people, as soon as they hear sponsors, they're like, "Oh, so he just gets everything for free." It's like, huh? <laughs> you know what? Let's let's start you on your journey today, and in five years, you can yeah. be sponsored too and get yeah. everything for free. Yeah, you come you come yeah. practice with me every day and 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 shoot as much as I do and and do the things I do. And then the one thing I do struggle with that that I feel bad about is I'm not a real self-promoting type of person i don't and i'm not a big social media guy i don't I, I post some here and there and do stuff but i have trouble really promoting really well i'm not a self-promoter i'm not not a social butterfly i guess you'd say or whatever i i, I tend to be a little more quiet a little more reserved but uh and i, I do feel I'm, I'm a lot better than i used to be and that's one thing that that competitive archery has brought out in me is 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 talking to people and, and learning to communicate better with people. And, and, uh, so it, it brought me out of my shell quite a bit, but I, I, I feel kind of 
bad about that sometimes where I don't promote enough because the people, the, the stuff I use, I believe in. I mean, that, that's the reason I'm shooting it is I, I, I believe in the product. I believe in the people that are, that are, that are uh, behind the product. Uh, so it, it, it's, I don't know. It, it's kind of hard with, with me. It's kind of hard for me to, to, to walk that line where I'm not like bragging or not, you know, just like, I don't want to be the, you know, Ricky Bobby of, of, of archery and just, <laughs> just spitting out names all the time of you know, people that sponsor me, you know, I, I don't want to be that guy. And, and, but I also want to promote the product, you know, so it, it's, it's kind of a hard line to walk for me. You know, some guys are just natural at it and they just roll with it. But to me, it's been a little tough, you know? Yeah. That's always something I always found funny with the, with the NASCAR guys is like, they can't just say like, Oh yeah, my car ran great. It's gotta be, well, you know, the Max Kerno wonder bread Mountain Dew Chevy just absolutely ran awesome today. And uh, yeah. thank God we got these Pirelli Yokohama Kirihami yeah. tires to go along on these. And you're just like, Oh my gosh! Exactly. I'm mean, like that, that's a lot of tags in, uh, in, exactly. in one in one talk. Uh, so yeah, that's always kind of funny. All right, um, now let's let's get into something real quick uh, that I thought would be kind of cool for you to talk about from your experience now. And we we kind of hit on it a little bit how how um, bows when they first come out are easy a thousand to two thousand dollars varying range depending on your manufacturer and what model you're getting and all kind of stuff and then the next year as soon as they release the next bow your bow is now congratulations it's now worth six hundred dollars yeah if you try and sell it again um so that's one thing that i actually learned was i you know i bought my prime logic which is now my my primary hunting bow Mm -hmm. uh because it's it's a very short 30 30 inch axle axle setup uh so it's really good for getting in and out of brushes and all that kind of stuff um but yeah, I bought that brand new. And then the next year, actually, I bought it brand new with four months to go before the release of the next one. Yeah. So I bought it, paid paid full price for it. And then four months later, I found out that, oh, I could have bought it for $800 now instead of the 12 that I spent. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> like, that's a, That would have been a nice bit of information for someone to nudge me and be like, hey, wait four months, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's one tip that I give for someone that maybe wants to think about getting into bow shooting is, you know, uh, not to say that the new bows aren't cool and some of them have some great technology that gets incorporated yeah. into them. Uh, but at the beginner level, it's like someone being like, hey, here's here's a Gibson Les Paul studio. Well, that's great, but I want a Gibson Les Paul custom. It's like, do you even play guitar? No. Then you don't need the custom. You, yeah. need, you know, yeah, like exactly. if anything, let's start with an Epiphone then, right? And, yeah. and then you kind of develop what you like because that was something else I learned because when, when I, the first bow that I had, was it was called a bear claw so it was made by bear mm-hmm. and uh yeah i had it for years and years and years and then when i shot when i started looking for a new bow i shot a matthews i shot a hoyt i shot the prime and then i shot an elite and they were all 30 inch axle axle bows so you know you would assume that the feel felt the same but yet for whatever reason i kept finding myself picking up the prime bow yeah. There was something about the way it felt, the draw, the settle, and all that kind of stuff that I actually loved versus the other three. I was like, oh, I don't I always found something about it I didn't like. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you need to you need to shoot a lot of different bows. You need, and, it can, and everybody is different. Everybody looking for something just a little differently, you know. So uh you, you gotta make sure you, you try a lot of different things, you know. It, it, even in within the same manufacturer, tried several different levels of bows, you know, like say and you 
pointed out that if you're starting out, there's no reason to spend $2,000 on a boat. If you just want to get started and just play, you know, buy a used one, buy, buy a, buy a lower model, you know, and just try to get in cheaper, you know, and just see if it's something you enjoy doing at first before you jump all in. Yeah, exactly. And the one thing with the used stuff you have to be careful with, I mean, shirts like guns and everything else is how it was treated. You know, did they, did they dry fire the boat? You know, did they, that, that's, I, I think that's part of the reason why the cost comes down is people are, are a little edgy about buying a used one and not knowing how it was treated. You know, I'd say, um, I don't know, or if it's just a saturation in the market of, of they come out with new models all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It could be that. Well, I, I found it interesting too with the bow world how the warranty a lot of the time is voided as soon as you sell it. Yeah. So it's like yeah. if if you buy it Rizzle, and you register, it, owner, yeah. Yep. And then as soon as you sell it, oh, okay, say bye to the warranty. Then doesn't matter what you, you could literally buy it and the next day sell it and the warranty is now void. Yeah. Uh, so I always thought that was interesting for most. I think they're um, once it's I registered it, to the to the owner, that's what it's the warranty's under. Yeah. Yeah, but I th- I think there was I think elite was one of the bow manufacturers that would actually let you keep it in place. But I think they had like a limited time. So it was like a, a two year warranty or something like oh, that. Okay. If you sold yeah. it, they would still honor it. But after the two years, it was void or something like that. Yeah. But um, now, so, the, so that's about the bow, right? So if, if you're getting, if you want to try bow shooting um, or getting into to archery or, or hunting or anything like that with the bow, then our suggestion as a new person is to find a good solid used one or even like a lower end one, just to, just yeah. to get the introduction. You can always, hand the bow off to a friend like maybe maybe you actually get hooked on it and you decide okay i'm gonna buy a better bow and then your yeah. buddy is like oh man I'll, I'll come shoot with you hey cool i got a bow that i can help i can get you set up on and you can try exactly. like that, that's one way to help encourage people to get into the sport right um yes. now that's obviously needed for anyone yeah. that wants to get into archery what other gear would you suggest a new person buy that they need not want right like they don't need an Excel Pro Slide AccuSlide site or anything like that. But, yeah. but what equipment would you suggest someone buy as far as the need and necessity for a brand new archery shooter? I, I think probably one thing's probably overlooked a lot as far as new people is is the release that you use. Um, a good quality release. You get a, a release that that has a little catch in it or not smooth. It will cause bad habits to creep in, you know, it causes you to, to get, uh, flinchy or punchy with the release, you know, because it, you feel a little, little catch, you feel it's something a little bit and it, it'll cause you to jump. I think a really good quality release is something good to, to probably start with even, um, I don't know, good arrows, um, good, a good tough arrow, you know, I mean, cause, you know, if you're starting out, you're not, you're not going to be shooting the best. You may be shooting, missing a target or whatever, you know. So you want an arrow that'll hold up. You get some of these arrows that are, are real thin-walled because they want to be fast or something. And if you hit anything at all, they break, you know. So uh, I would say a good quality, sturdy arrow would be would be something good to have. Uh, that's that's probably the biggest thing, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll say this when, when I first moved out here to Missouri. So the difference between Vegas and Missouri, or one of the biggest ones that I noticed was from Walmarts <laughs> because here in Missouri, when I went to Walmart, they had bows, arrows, crossbow bolts, broadheads, <laughs> releases, yep. 
hunting gear out the wazoo in Vegas. They ain't got none of that. Okay. Yeah. It's all, it's all golf and some fishing, you know, and that's about the extent of it. The rest of it's baseball and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and so when I first got here, uh, you know, my, actually I've got it, I've got it hanging up behind me. You can actually see that, uh, that arrow right there. Yeah. So that arrow, um, is a Walmart real tree edition arrow uh-huh. with a Allen broadhead from Walmart, like three yeah. packs that you buy for like six bucks yeah. or something like that. Right. Yeah. And the reason I have it hanging up is because that's the arrow that I used to kill my first year ever. And those are the antlers that it's, uh, yeah. it's sitting on. Um, <clears throat> But what I discovered real quick about the quality of an arrow and and where why the Walmart cost was so effective um, was the fact that the fletchings were on those uh, the shrink wrapped yeah. kind of pieces, yeah. and I had like I probably bought like ten of those arrows because I didn't know like I was gonna miss I was gonna lose them I was gonna hit yeah. trees and all that kind of stuff right yeah. so I bought like ten or twelve of them and uh, I was in my garage shooting one day. And when I let the arrow go, I heard this like explosion happen in front of my face kind of thing. And I was like, Whoa, what the hell was that to see that my arrow no longer had the fletchings on it because like the wrap had like exploded, like air got underneath it and caused it to to mushroom out. Right. So that's kind of scared the crap out of me. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like did my arrow just blow up? Am I supposed to like, should I be looking for carbon fiber inside my hands or anything like that? And then when I looked at some of the other arrows that I'd shot and used for practice, I found that that sleeve had actually like slid down the moving, shaft. Yeah. Cause as soon as you let it go, you know, it was, it was moving it. And I was like, Oh, well that's probably not good for accuracy. No. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So those arrows are gone now. And I actually yeah. found out, okay, yes, I, I need to invest in some decent arrows. They don't have to be the most expensive. Uh, like you said, like there's, yeah. when, you, when you start getting those higher price points, that where you're, that's where you're talking about the guy that wants the Gibson custom because he knows the kind of pickup he wants. He knows what kind of wood he likes the body of the guitar to be made. He knows how, you know, how, he, and, and arrows, I think are the same thing. Like some oh, guys like yeah. a, a hybrid arrow where it's got like a metal insert surrounded by carbon. Some guys just like fully carbon and, and, and whatever. So. And I guess it gets back to the, when you're talking about the, when it release went off and it, and it made that noise and it kind of scared you. That's where it gets back to a quality arrow. And the price of the arrows a lot of times are, they're the same material, but the when they sort them, you know, they may be the straightness may not be as straight, uh, but they're still a good solid arrow. They just may not be quite as accurate. Um, but you want a good quality arrow because what can happen is, is is if they get a crack or something you can't see. That's why you always check your arrows, flex them, you know, run your hand on them, make sure there's no carbon loose or anything. Because if that if that arrow breaks when you release, it, it goes through your hand. You know, I mean, it. it, it I've seen it. A, a friend of mine has that going on right now. He had an arrow break on him, and it went through his hand. And he's had surgery on his hand, and and he's probably done for a few months. You know, several months. So <sighs> it can happen. Yeah, you know? so, any, anyone that wants to see some scary footage or scary pictures, just yes. Google that, like carbon yeah, arrow exactly. in the hand, because yeah. that. Oh yeah, the first time I saw that, that's why I was so like, oh my god, what just happened? Like uh, I had a shell <laughs> shock moment of like, yeah, I'm like, oh, am I dead? <laughs> you know. So <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, that, that's good. Yeah. So uh, if you want to get into archery, and and what we mean by release too, and there's a ton of releases out there, right? So 
understand you can't swap from release to release without changing your bow setup too. So if you oh. start off with like an index release and you mm-hmm. say, I want to try a thumb, then understand you're going to have to do more work than just buying another release. You've got to change yeah. your, you know, the D loop and, and your site, your peep site and all like there's some yeah. other modifications. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, yeah, your index draw is different than your thumb draw and all kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Now for, for someone that's just getting into shooting, um, see, cause like we, we, we both said, you know, we kind of appreciate the cost effectiveness of things sometimes. And one of the things that I think a lot of people unfortunately skimp on due to the fact that there's just so much of it available for free on the internet are lessons. Yeah. So someone will watch YouTube clip after YouTube, including yeah. me when I was first getting started on how to shoot a boat, how to use a release, how to, you know, da, 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 da. And, and not to say that, that, um, there's good stuff or bad stuff out there. Cause I've seen both. Yeah. Uh, but even in the shooting world, like I can explain to you over, over this conversation, how to pull a trigger and how to draw your gun and how to reload yeah. your gun. But until I'm actually there in person watching you yeah. so that I can then critique and say, okay, I noticed that you did this. So let's change it this way or whatever. Like yeah. to have that one-on-one specific, here's what I see you needing and here's how we're going to correct it you know, is very important versus a, I'm going to cover a general 70% of the population can kind of get most is correct by watching my video kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So how important do you think that as a, as a brand new bow shooter, that they should also invest right off the bat in a couple of lessons on how to shoot the bow? Or do you I feel like I- maybe from the start is just, okay, let's learn how to, you know, the safety portion of it. And then once you realize, okay, yeah, this is kind of fun. Then you go into lessons. Like, do you feel like it's more beneficial to start off the bat with lessons or a little bit down the road? I do think it is beneficial because what happens is if you'll develop bad habits, you know, that you, that it's hard to get out of your, they get ingrained in you and it's hard to get that out, you know? So I think it's very important to get somebody that, 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 you know, that, that, knows what they're talking about. It shoots well that you can have, talk to them and have them show you a few things. And I, that's why I like, uh, like when we shoot at Creed or, or at Lucas Archery here where I'm at, um, you shoot around a lot of people and, you, and the more, the better people you shoot around, the better you'll become because you pick up, you know, ideas from them and, and, and uh, they'll, they'll critique you a little bit, you know, it's kind of like I've talked to you and, and most people, are willing to just help whatever, you know, if, if you don't have to pay, you know, if, if you go to a shop like that, they will help you if, if you ask, you know, or, mm. and sometimes I'll help people. If I notice somebody struggling, I'll, I'll just say, Hey, try this, you know, or whatever. But, uh, I think, I think lessons are, are a great idea. And, and I know several friends of mine that, that they, they do that. They, they, they have lessons set up and they have students, they come into them and, they teach them, you know, so, uh, I do think, I do think it's very important to get started out correctly, you know, to get it on the right foot, start now. So, yeah. So, and, and that's why I want, I, I want to, cause I feel exactly the same way, but at the same time, like you said, like when, when you're first getting into something, man, it's hard to just like, you know, sometimes you look at, uh, some, even like, like golf lessons, for example, right. Just cause oh, yeah. I, I, I just took my, uh, uh, a little nephew on a golfing trip with me recently mm-hmm. and he had a good time. Like we brought a couple of his clubs that he has and he did some swings and stuff. And so I started looking up golf lessons for him as a junior. Right. Yeah. And, and I can see how someone could just be like, oof, 
eighty dollars yeah. an hour session. That's that's kind of steep there for a lesson, you know. But it's like yeah. okay, so you could spend eighty dollars for ten lessons, and he's going to be a great starting golfer. Yeah. Or you can wait a couple years and then spend <laughs> you know eighty dollars for ten lessons, and he will be back to where he was when he started because the first ten lessons are going to be all about. Okay, let's change your backswing. Let's change your setup. Let's change yeah. your grip. Let's change because he, he's developed all of these things incorrectly, and now we've got to break that habit, and before we can actually, yeah, instill that 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 correct habit in. So, um, you know, I know it's a lot to to get into right off the bat with lessons, even shooting lessons. Like I I yeah. normally charge sixty dollars an hour uh, when when I do, would do lessons for people one on one, um, and. And I mean, I think I'm on the relatively low scale as far as yeah. what the cost I'm is, sure. but man, those, those people that, that come to me that have already had those bad habits, uh, not to say I don't like them as customers because I, I love it. It's like, all right, well, if you want to get good, we're going to be, it's going to take a you know, few years to do yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Versus the brand new shooter. But man, I just love when I got a brand new shooter that wants to, to take lessons because I'm like, yes, there are no bad habits. You're going to take what I say and just that's going to be the first thing that's chiseled into your memory. We're going to we're going to start off on a great foundation versus having to break a, a crappy one up first and then build a new one. So, yeah, exactly. um, you know, take that in consideration when you're getting into bow shooting, too. Like you're yeah. if you're going to drop a couple hundred dollars on, on the gear, what's another hundred dollars to get two or three lessons? Like it's really exactly. the investment. Exactly. The juice is definitely going to be worth the squeeze, I think, in my opinion. So. I enjoy I enjoy uh, uh, teaching or, or working with a kid, you know, younger younger people. Now, they don't have to be like little kids, but I mean, I'm talking, you know, teenagers or whatever. Especially when they're eager to learn and, and they they're responsive to you, you know, and they and they listen to what you're telling you and they and they do what you what like you explain to them and try this and they do it and it works and then they you see a light bulb go off in their head. I I love that part. I, I never never have. Charge for lessons. I've had people come to me about that before. I've never had to charge for lessons. I've always just kind of done it. You know, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I, sometimes it's kind of hard for me to, to charge somebody. You know, I, I, I devalue myself sometimes as far as, as the knowledge uh, that I have obtained, you know, in several years. But uh, it, it's hard for me to, to do that. I, I want to, especially with kids, I want them to. I want them to do better. I love seeing them go to a tournament and shoot their best score they've ever shot. And, and, and it's cool. You know, it, it just, it, it's more satisfying me than any kind of amount of money they would actually give me, you know, to, to teach them, you know, so uh, it, it, it's, but I, I think it's very important to get somebody that, that knows what they're talking about to, to teach in the right way to start off with. I, I, I do. Yeah, like when, whenever I would teach lessons, because like I would, I'm not the kind of person that like I just put on like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a course at this range. Sign yeah. up if you want to be like I'm. I don't do those kind of things. Anytime I ever did a lesson with someone, um, it was really them seeking me out and them asking me like like I I was like same with you out on the gun range. If I ever saw someone doing something that was ineffective or inefficient or you know I found a, a here's a better way to to do what yeah. you did. Um, yeah. I always just gave that advice. Yeah. That's not a problem at all. Yeah. It was like I had I had people that, you know, over a five stage local match, I found something on every stage that I kind of pointed out like, hey, man, let, let's, you know, the reason you did this, but I did it this way. Let me explain the differences in my yeah, mindset exactly. and stuff. And after those matches is when they would come up to me and be like, do you do lessons? I'm like, well, I can. 
they're like, and that's when they're like, look, I, I want to spend like three or four days with you. Okay, yeah. cool. And let's set something up. That, that yeah. was always how my setup, my lessons yeah. were set up. Yeah. It's not like I just went around like, Oh, you want my pearls of wisdom pay up. It was always like, all right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're yeah. seeking me out. I got no problem taking my time yeah. and energy to go out and drive to the range and, yeah. and spend an hour with you and all that kind of stuff. And here's the, the reason I came up with my pricing was literally was like, okay, so I mean, gas there, gas back, maybe food. If I, you know, if it's over lunchtime or something like that. And also in the fact it's like, well, Hey, do you want to go get lunch? I'll pay, you know, yeah. kind of, so it always kind of just came up like, I want to cover my cost, maybe have, you know, an extra 20 bucks to, go buy something for family or whatever yeah. but yeah it was never about like oh yeah money 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 give me yeah. what, give me what you, yeah you know so how, how long have you been shooting competitively how long have you been so let me see here where were we at i i want to say i think i've been shooting competitively for about um 16 years i've been serious about it for about 11 mm-hmm. and sponsored for about nine yeah. So yeah, about uh, eleven years where like you know sixteen years of like me going like maybe once twice a month is when I would just go to the local match. Eleven yeah. years ago was where I was like, all right, this is a lot of fun. And it was actually you know it, the funny thing for me um, with shooting is that was the thing that helped me get through my divorce when I was going through it um, early on in my life was yeah. I, I hated, I hated the other six days of my life, man. I was miserable. Yeah. But the only thing that I was excited about was that one day where I'd get to the range Look forward to and it, all yeah. these guys would be around me and they'd all be cracking jokes and having fun and laughing. And I, I'd, yeah. I'd focus on the stage instead of the crap going on at home. So it was like that, yeah. that five or six hour window for that one day where I just got to like feel human again before yeah. I had to restart the cycle. So yeah. for me, I mean, um, competition shooting for me came at a time where and and me getting serious about it came at a time where i really needed it and was thankful for not just the sport but the people that were a part of it and it it seems like from my experience with the archery world is it's it's very that's another place where it's very parallel like obviously there's going to be people where you're like that guy's an asshole that guy yeah i can't stand him he's a he's a cocky but the majority of people are the people that like, if they see you having a problem, maybe your release is doing something weird or something breaks on it. Most people I know, uh, yeah. come over with their releases and go, Hey, try, try one of these, you yeah. know, like here, get, get, let's get you exactly. back in the game. Yeah. Um, and shooting is exactly the same. Like if you're, if you are shooting a match and all of a sudden, you know, your thumb safety breaks on your 1911, you'll have four or five guys on, on the match or, or even your squad. Hey, I've got a square. I've got a spare one. You need it, yeah. and it's not like, uh, yeah. Here, here you go, eighty bucks. That's what I, I had to pay for it. They're like, here, put it here. in your gun. Let's make sure it works, and let's get you back in the fight. So, yeah. um, another just yeah. cool community to to get involved with. Uh, yeah. and, and you meet so many. People. That's the other thing that was so cool was in, in the shooting and even in archery is like, man, you, you could be ta- you could be squatted with a lawyer. You could also be squatted with a, a, a garbage truck driver. Yeah. <laughs> you could be squatted with an EMT. You could be squatted with a, a helicopter pilot. And you're just like, you never know. man, so weird that all these people have different personalities, different jobs, different passions. And yet we all somehow converged on this one passion of shooting bows or shooting guns and stuff. Yeah. And I think that's that's another cool aspect of our sport. Yeah. I kind of got started a little late. I, I didn't start competitive archery until I think 2013. Uh, I've hunted my whole life, you know, since I was a teenager with a bow, but, uh, I didn't, I've always kind of wanted to do it, but I, you know, had kids and, and had life and, and just didn't ever take the time. And, uh, and then 
after we get our house built, me and my wife built our house. When I say build, we didn't hire people to build. We, we built the house, you know. So this was a year of our life. We spent nothing but work constantly, you know, building a house, oh, go to work, goodness. build a house, go to work. I mean, that, that was it. Uh, so when I got done, it's kind of some other things that happened in life. You know, my wife's father passed away. He had an accident, passed away. And I start thinking, okay, there's some things I want to do, you know, in, in my life, you know. So I'm going to try competitive archery. I'm going I'm to, uh, and I, I bought a target bow, a used target bow from a guy. And I went to a, an archery range that actually a friend of mine had owned it that I went to school with. He was a couple years younger than me, but he was, a, he was a pro archer and he was really good. And I went there and the first night at league, the first time I went in there and shot indoor, I shot a 352X. I don't know, oh. you, I don't know if you ever shot a five spot. Maybe 60X is, is possible. So, and, and it was like, it just clicked, you know, and, and, and a light bulb went off. And, and so, so I kind of just kind of got, when I, I'm not kind of the personality when I, when I start on something and, and I enjoy it, I just like, I dive in, you know, I, I can't, it's not halfway. It's kind of why I don't ever play golf. You know, I've never played golf because <laughs> I'm scared to, because I'm, I'm afraid <laughs> what'll happen. But, uh, but it comes back to, you know, that I've been re- relatively new, you know, compared to a lot of these guys that's been doing it their whole life, competitive archery. So I kind of have a hard time. Uh, I'll put, you know, my knowledge out there because I'm like, I'm thinking, OK, is this right? I mean, am I, am I you know, I know it works for me, but I, I want to make sure that that it works for somebody else, too. Uh, I don't want to sound, you know stupid or whatever you know whenever you do something like that you know you want to be give the right advice so you know i'm, I'm more like who am i to, to tell somebody how to do something i've only been doing it you know so many years whatever blah blah but with with a little, little archery, imposter syndrome yeah 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 kind of kind mm-hmm. of that thing you know it, it's do i belong here do i really you know that, that kind of thing so it yep. from a guy that never has I never was big in sports. I played basketball in, in high school a little bit and stuff, but I, I never did go after anything like that. So to come into this and to be close to the top, you know, all the time, it, it's a different, it's a different feel for me. You know, it, it, it's, I'm kind of have to navigate through that a little bit because it's, it's been a little, it's, it's changed me a lot as far as my, my being outgoing or, you know, talking to people or whatever. So it, it, Archery is is a good kind of like that when you go to your range with your buddies and, and you and you're just cutting up and and you get almost like a second family, you know. You get people you're around all the time, you know. So it it, uh, it can really change your life a lot as far as how you are, who you are, and uh, but anybody that, you don't have to be the most competitive person in the world, even though you kind of I know you are and I am. It just you do something you want to be the best at it, you know. But it, just the camaraderie you get from it is it, is awesome, you know. So anybody that I think they should anybody should try it, you know. Just just see if they like it, whether it be pistol shooting or whatever. Anything you get together with a bunch of people, and you you become almost like a family. So it uh, I, I highly suggest it to anybody that 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 uh, to try anything like that. So. Yeah, and you know, I find too that um, uh, from my aspect of, as as a competitive shooter and being a top level shooter too is like I love inviting people. Like I've like I said, I've I've offered you, dude, 
I'll bring you guns. I'll bring you bullets. I'll bring you mags. Yeah. I'll bring you everything. You just got to yeah. show up and let me strap it on you. But the yeah. problem that I find too, is that a lot of people will look at my profile and watch my videos and then be like, well, I can't do that. Like every, everyone's going to be doing that. No, I can't do that. I'm not going to go. I'm going to look like an idiot. Like, and, and you gotta, I gotta explain to these people like, no, no, no. I am in like the top 10% of people that can do this. Yeah. Okay. That leaves 90% of the U S <laughs> means that they don't do it at the speed and accuracy that we do. Yeah. Like you're, in, you're in the good part of it. Like you're, you'd be a freak if you showed up and you placed in the top 10, like people would wonder about you, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I try and explain to people like, look, I, it's and anything that is new can be, can feel fearful, but in reality, is, is it really fear or is it excitement? Is it, you know, like you gotta, you gotta learn how to discern those two. Cause there's a, there's, I think there's a very thin line between oh, yeah. those two uh, feelings. Right. And, and most of the time it's, I was, I was, I don't know if I read it somewhere or what, but it was that idea of like, look, fear a lot of the times means that you're about to learn something new. Yeah. You know, fear and Makes failure sense. means that you're about to learn something new. We we learn as humans, we learn way more through failure than we ever do from success. Like when if you went out and, you know, like uh you say you won your first Vegas shoot, but like in reality, how many you would sought shot matches before then. So it's not like it was your first shoot ever showing yeah. up, right? So yeah. if you showed up at Vegas and you won it the first time you ever picked up a competition bow and did it, they'd be like yeah. <laughs> Oh, that just like that. Okay. That was easy. You know, like there's no satisfaction in that, but when you work hard and, and, and develop and stuff, and then you get to that point, that's, that's where it's like, okay, this is what it's all come down to and stuff. But, yeah. you know, understand we, we were all beginners at one point. Yeah. And, you know, when I went to my, my 3d shoot and even the first indoor shoot that I did, um, <clears throat> people are around you. Some people might even be watching you. No one is judging you. Yeah. Well, I mean, with that last thought, I think we're we're pretty solid here. I've got one more thing that I like to do with my guests, and that's kind of a little rapid fire question session. You know, mostly fun. Yeah. I, I try not to get make it too deep uh, as far as the conversation goes, but uh, we'll get this going, and then we'll we'll you know kind of go where it goes. So, okay, yeah. first one is: What word do you absolutely hate? Can't. Can't. That's, that's, ooh, that's a good answer. Nice. Okay. What's the most useless talent that you have? Uh, um, probably my sarcasm. <laughs> it's, no, that's very useful. Trust me, especially in today's yeah. stage. But uh, summer or winter? Summer. Uh, really? I, I figure yeah. maybe winter time, just because uh, deer hunting season is around the winter time. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, coffee or tea? Uh, that's a tough one. Coffee, probably. And which would you say is worse, regret from action or regret from inaction? Regret from inaction. I agree with that. Okay. And let's just go ahead and throw this one in there. Uh, deer season or turkey season? Ooh. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Spring turkey or yeah. deer season? That's, yeah. That's tough because I, I really enjoy both. <laughs> uh, probably deer because it lasts longer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I'm excited for turkey season coming up, though. It's right I, know, corner, I, I love so. turkey hunting, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a blast. So, right on. Well, Paul, thank you so much for taking the time to, to sit down and chat with me. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. I hope everyone, uh, I, you know, hopefully someone picks up some good information from it, all kind of stuff. Yeah. With, with that being said, I'd like to leave the last few minutes to 
for the floor for you. So if there's anyone that you you need to point out, shout out, thank, you know, if you want to thank your sponsors and stuff like that, then then let's go for it. So yeah. uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, I you know, give a shout out to my sponsors, uh PSE Archery, of course, the biggest one. Uh Gold Tip Arrows, you know, me, they're we talked about tough arrows earlier. They're the toughest arrows made, I believe. Um especially archery, which was my very first sponsor I've ever had. Uh that that was pretty special to me. Just just you know, you know, a person starting out, that was that was just first sponsorship. That was that's just cool. You know, two ball XL, my releases, my site. And then uh Gene Custom Bowstrings, he just started building my bowstrings this year. He's he's fairly local. He's from southern Missouri. Um so uh that's that's my biggest sponsors and, and I don't know. Besides that, my wife. I mean, she she uh, just put. I was on about me to go traveling. like, how about your wife? <laughs> yeah, traveling all the time. I, I, like this weekend, I'm gone. I was gone to Kansas City, and I'm home for a weekend, and then then the next week after that, I'm going to Louisville for indoor national. Weekend after that, I'm going to the Fort Benning, Georgia, for ASA. So I mean, it can be very tiresome. It's very hard on you know her for having to deal with everything around the house when I'm gone. She don't. She don't go to much shoots because, you know, she tells me it's watching archery is like watching paint dry. But, you know, people that don't do it don't appreciate it, you know. So, uh, which yeah, we can appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, um, but that, that's mainly it. I, I, I just, I hope the sport continues to grow. Uh, I know the local stuff is lately has been down quite a bit. I don't probably have to do with COVID. I'd say, I don't know. People stopped going to some of the stuff, and then they just they haven't got back to doing it yet. The the national shoots have grown. I mean, they really have. They've gotten bigger. But uh, I kind of like to see the local stuff come back. Uh, and like people see, visit their pro shops, you know, like Creed Archery up there, Lucas Archery, my local pro shop. Uh, these guys are there to help you, you know, if you have an issue with your bow or to set you up or whatever. You know, so many people buy their stuff online anymore, you know, that, that – that that's killing the, the local pro shops, you know, and, and if you don't have, they're gone, then who's going to get, who are you going to get to, to work on your stuff? Who are you going to get to, to do the things for you? So, or places to shoot. So uh, I hope people, you know, will take time to visit their local pro shop and, and make sure that they, they support them, you know, cause they're very important, you know, that, that that's where everybody gets their start at, you know? So mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's probably the biggest thing I want to talk about, but. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, I know, I know for me, um, I haven't been able to shoot nearly as much as I used to. And I think it's actually just because, uh, you know, with, with the cost of everything going up and yet not many people getting their pay raises and stuff, it kind of comes down to like, Oh, you know, dropping $20 a week to go shoot a match or a month. It's like, Oh, it's going to take me $20 in gas to get there and get back home. And then another $20 for the match fee and then food while I'm, you know, so I, I can see why attendance at the local level would be down. Uh, and it also is, it's interesting that um, the the national stuff is up because it's probably more people being like, all right, well, if I can't go to all these locals, I at least need to make yeah. it to the nationals or whatever. But um, no, you know, I'm excited to to see what happens. And like I said, it's, it was um, I was very thankful and grateful that I got to meet you at at uh, an archery event. And and yeah. uh, um, again, thank you so much for for taking time out of your day to, to chat with me. And um, 
you know, we'll 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 definitely set up. I'm going to film it and everything. It's going to end up on a YouTube (laughs) clip, but uh, we'll we'll get we'll get something squared away for for us to go to a local match somewhere around here. And uh, and and we'll get you out there and and we'll see how much fun you have at USPS. Sounds good. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And uh, everyone else. Thanks so much for watching and uh, I'll catch you on the next episode.